Luton Town are back at Goodson Park on Saturday afternoon for FA Cup fourth round action away to Everton. Alongside me to preview the game is the Lutonian journalist James Cunliffe. James, ready for a bit of FA Cup football? Always get a win up there. Come on then, let's do it again. Absolutely. We'll preview it after this intro. Hello everyone, welcome along to another episode of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast, FA Cup style this time. Everton away, fourth round Saturday, 3pm. Tickets, I do believe, still available. Uh, so if you want to get up there, um, grab a ticket, not on television, this one. Alongside me to preview the game, the Lutonian journalist, James Cunliffe. James, how you doing, mate? Well, it's about time football got back on the agenda, isn't it? You are not wrong uh thank god that break is finally over and um comes back at a ground that as you alluded to before the intro we've already won at so uh, no point in me asking you if there's anything to fear because clearly there isn't nah no fear about that one um the way things were going just before the break good for good for luton um and uh the way things perhaps aren't shaping up so much for Everton, they might have other things in their mind. And um, yeah, the, I mean, the pressure's off for an FA Cup tie, isn't it? But it's a very win- winnable game, considering what happened up at Goodison early in the season. Yeah, it is. Normally we touch on the opposition to start off with before coming on to Luton, but you can't go to an Everton v Luton game when Ross Barkley's fit and not talk about Ross Barkley. I and mean, we are going to talk about Ross Barkley so much over the course of both the podcast, this one and the review one, because... You know, he's back at the place where it all started for him, where until this season he'd played his best football. And um, I mean, they uh, I presume they still love him. I've, I've certainly seen no evidence of the fact that they don't. And, you know, he's not got a point to prove, but he'll want to showcase his talents again, wouldn't he? Yeah, certainly, because this time well, in the league, certainly he wasn't up to full speed. I know you. I watched a podcast you did with one of the Everton um podcasts and you were they were talking about him and whether he can get back to it and that was the legitimate thing that we were all thinking ourselves whether he could get back to that thing uh of of when he was at Everton and um yeah he has he's he's on fire he's um you know f- for my mind he's one of the best midfielders in the Premier League at the moment he's he's that good um and certainly there's a you know, debate raging already, even though he's only been at the club six months or so, whether he's one of the best players to ever put on a hat shirt. And that's some praise. We might get an answer to that question, actually. Uh, We've got a deep dive coming out before the Everton game uh, after this preview. And uh, well, very special guest gives us a very special uh, opinion on that. That's all absolutely. to be. That's all to be revealed. But absolutely, I mean, Ross Barkley he didn't play in the league game up there, did he? Uh, and we still won, so that's got to bode well. Yeah, um, Luton are a different prospect from from then. 
as well because the likes of Andros Townsend have come in and given them so much Premier League quality and nous and drive and Sambi Laconga. Sambi, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's almost overshadowed by those two, isn't he? But he's one hell of a player in in that midfield, right alongside uh, Ross Barkley, and it's just a really exciting prospect going up there with with that um, growth that's happened in the team and the way they've changed. Um, you know, let's weather a storm up at Goodison. Really, Everton should have scored, but they didn't, and those are the things that sort of change games. But Luton now are starting to evolve into a team that can control games, certainly with possession. Um, and they were always comfortable with playing on the break anyway, which, you know, still may suit them going away um, and in a, in a cup match environment as well. But they're just, they're just evolving different ways. They can go after teams now. And that's a lot different from when they were playing up at Goodison before. And we all know how that ended. We do, yeah. It will need to be a different first goal scorer on this occasion, though, because unfortunately there's no Tom for Ashley Young to belt the ball into uh, to end up in the back of his net. It'd be lovely if Ashley Young played in this game because he was pony that day and, well, he ain't going to have improved in the last two months, is he? But unfortunately, Seamus Coleman has taken that right back. So let's switch it to Everton very quickly. We're not going to do a full thing on Everton. We did it for the league game. We've got another league game to come against them at the end of the season. So no need to cover them too much, but... Dominic Calvert-Lewin's kind of been in and out, hasn't he, in terms of form. Been in the team a lot. Obviously got sent off in the third round, first game, had it overturned. Uh, so, he's, so he's available for this one. But in neither game against Crystal Palace did they particularly impress. And this is a Crystal Palace sider under all sorts of problems. Um, I mean, Hodgson showed how much he cared about it. He took Eze off at 1-0 down in the replay, which is much to the frustration of the Palace fans. And... It's still Everton only won the game 1-0. I mean, the first game they could still be playing now, much like our first game against Bolton, and it would still be 0-0. But Calvert-Lewin, he's a threat, isn't he? He played in that game at their place, but it wasn't really until Beto came on that you kind of thought, well, they might score here. You, you're right. The first sort of 20 minutes, we weathered a storm, but all the shots were peppering people behind a goal rather than anything Kaminsky had to save. But you just need to be wary of Calvert-Lewin. At his best, he is still an England striker, isn't he? And... um just hope you don't have a day out on Saturday, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, always strikes me as a striker that needs good service. And so if you can uh, curtail that um, from an Everton point of view, then I think you go some way to stopping him. Um, but he is, you know, if you stick the ball in the box, then you've got to be fearful that he, he'll get on the end of it because, you know, you don't get into the England setup uh, for any old reason. Um particularly in this day and age when we're not necessarily blessed with the 90s quality level of England strikers that kept the likes of Robbie Fowler out of um, England size back then. Um, but, you know, he, he, he is a threat. And uh, at the same time, we've kept it so tight, really, against most of the teams that have played so far and the rise of Ted and Mengi and Gay Bosho and centre-back pairing and whoever goes alongside them um you know I'm quite you got up there quite confident that they can they can keep anyone quiet because they have they kept Salah quiet they've kept Son quiet they've uh, kept Man City mostly quiet uh you know and even even Arsenal Saka 
really didn't really have much of a sniff. Um, and when you can do that, you give yourself a hell of a chance against anyone. Yeah. Feels like a game that's going to be settled. Not settled, but set pieces are going to be hugely influential. Obviously, our two goals there were both set pieces uh, in the first game. Um, they, I, I saw a caption, I was watching the Everton game against Aston Villa at the weekend, uh, or w- whichever weekend it was. These weekends are blending in with all with no football and football and everything else. Uh, I, I saw a caption anyway, they're quite high up on set piece goals scored, which you would expect for a Sean Dyche side with few towers in the back uh, line and a couple of sort of powerful midfielders. But they are missing one or two as well, aren't they? Idrissa Gay's off to the AFCON with Senegal. So they're not going to be at full strength. So they, you know, having beat them already, they could be there for the taking. But how do we approach this game? This is slightly different to the Bolton game, isn't it? With the Bolton game, the Burnley game was at least a week after whereas now we've got Brighton three days after this game so do we still go strong having not played for what would it be 11 days since we last played had a little bit of sun on our backs gone off to Dubai and um, done some warm weather training or do we rest a few here because that Brighton game's looming much closer than the Burnley game did it is but we, we we expected those rests to come for the Bolton game, didn't we? And that didn't happen. And when you're seeing the likes of Sambi and Ross Barkley play in those games, it, it just feels like they, they want to play. And if if that's the case, let them. Because um, it, they've had a break. They've had warm weather. They've had time to regroup. And obviously Sambi wasn't in the last, last game. So we, we'll find out on... Well, I'll ask Rob on Friday as to his um, status and whether he'll be playing. But if they're both fit, I think as big as the game is in Brighton, I think you can play both both, both those games. Yeah, weekly reminder that we're recording this before Rob's press conference, so that we can get this out to you. Obviously, it's press conference day before the game. We want to get this out to you as early as we possibly can um, with regards of that. I think Ross Barkley just wants to play football full yeah. stop. I think if someone said to Ross Barkley, sorry, mate, you're going to sit this one out, he'd be, you know, about as pissed off as a kid if you took a toy away from him when he was in his pram as a youngster. He just like, he wants to play football, the boy, doesn't he? He loves it. I mean, he even admitted it on Twitter, didn't he? I love football, he said, when he quoted that showreel of his, a showreel that crazily left out that 60-yard pass to Alfie Doughty and the back heel to Chong. I mean, who's creating these sorts of showreels? That's for another day. He just loves the game of football and wants to play it. And that is why he loves playing for Luton. Well, yeah, I mean, he's loved by the fans anyway. But if ever a three-word tweet is going to, you know, extend that feeling even further, then then that's the sort of thing that fans love to see. We'd love to see that if that was any player. But when it's a player of Ross Barkley's quality and the, the form that he's showing and then promising more, Wow, um, you know he's going. He's going the right way to be, um, you know, so highly thought of for such a long time at this club. It's remarkable that you can say that after such such a short spell. But he's that good. Yeah, he really is. There was a. 
article on the Football 365 website, actually. I can't remember the guy who wrote it, but it's really good comparing Barkley's love of the game and Hend- Jordan Henderson's. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it was a wonderful piece. Wonderful piece. Uh, if you haven't read it, check it out. Um, as I say, Football 365 website, it is. We'll uh, probably link it in the in the yeah, let's bio do, of this so you can that, read it actually. here. Because it's the stuff that we've been talking about for weeks and months that why isn't he in the equation for England? Well, I mean, we we sort of know because Gareth Southgate is so unadventurous and just picks his mates and the people that have played around him. And now that maybe Henderson's come back from the failed Saudi experiment and, and is playing for Ajax, it sort of changes it when it, it should be about what's happened over the last five or six months, which is that Ross Barkley has been more prominent, played better football in a better league at a higher standard than Jordan Henderson, who who was a bit part player at the end of his Liverpool career. Anyway, he wasn't getting in the side. So it's, yeah, it's baffling to anyone else, but you know, that's what the article was sort of saying that Ross Bartley deserves a shout. I agree. We all as football fans love watching people who love to play the game. I think back to my first footballing memories and Paul Gascoigne was exactly the same. And this guy's, he's not Paul Gascoigne, but his talent is on a par with Paul Gascoigne because he's just brilliant. Why didn't Roberto Martinez back in the day uh, at Evan say um, that he's a mix between Gather and Michael Ballack? I think there was a two. Definitely Ballack. If I'm exaggerating the Gaza reference, then no, no, forgive me. But, you know, the, the way he... He's not phased by three players crowding around him and then he can, you know, a little turn, a little flick or something that gets past him and then marauds up the middle of the pitch. It's Gaza-esque. If, if you're looking at Gaza in his prime, um, and the, there are many clips you can find before, you know, before and up until and including Italian 90, um, after that when he got his leg broke, it, Probably wasn't quite the same. Still was pretty good for Lazio, mind you. Um, Weren't bad against Scotland either. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, probably should have been picked in the inside that went to the next World Cup, but that's a different different tale for a different day. But um, yeah, he's he, he's in that sort of ilk of a player that just gets you, just give the ball to Ross and see what you can do. That's, that's the sort of thing you're saying. And I know there's tactics around f- football when there's different patterns you want to play and stuff like that. But really, that's what everyone's thinking, isn't it? Give the ball to Ross. Because it doesn't matter who he's come up against this season. In the top sides that are all chasing those top four spots in the Premier League, he's bossed every single one of those midfields. Yeah, I don't want to detract from Rob Edwards' tactical nous, but let's be honest, the team talk is give it to him. The other nine outfield players run and he'll find one of you in the best position and then go and score a goal. It's pretty much, pretty much that. If you want to use that, Rob, save yourself some time. <laughs> Crack on, mate. Not a problem. Um, yeah, I hope we kind of go fullish strength or or even, even the sort of side that played in the replay at Bolton. That was pretty strong enough. Yes, it was, um, you know, it was no Elijah up front. It was Carl Morris, but Morris has already scored at Goodison this season. Chong played in that game to near get, uh, instead of Townsend. Obviously, Clark started and Pelly started instead of um, Brown, who was on the bench for that game, and Lakonga, who we hope is okay. But, you know, it was a perfectly strong enough side. If we went in with that, 
with an eye on Brighton. I don't think anyone would have too many issues. I, I, I guess the things would be the fullbacks again, wouldn't it? Um, Kabore is still at the AFCOM, so we're not going to have him back. So maybe it's Chio down that right hand side again. Didn't work out too badly against Bolton because obviously he scored the winner. Uh, we've also got Reese Burke, who could be doing the that right hand side as well. Although I would imagine Amari would come in for this game just to be a bit of balance in that side. The left hand side, you got to think it's got to be Doughty because. You know, all the the rumour mill would suggest that Ryan Giles is off. So, I w- uh, you know, and it's a, by all accounts, it's a big money deal. So you wouldn't think we're going to put him in and jeopardise such a transfer. So maybe it's Doughty uh, on the left from the start right throughout this time. Giles obviously played second half at Bolton. I, I would think so. It all depends whether they can get that deal sorted um, before the window shuts, but it very much looks like Giles is going to be out. Um, uh, and it's, it's going to be a strange one, that isn't it really how you sort of judge that signing because it, we all thought it would be a good one. And if it, if he goes and it hasn't worked out, it's probably owes as much to Doughty's brilliance this season as anything else to in, in keeping him out when you probably, you know, if you're, if you're a club record signing, which he is, you would probably have expected to play and obviously that's that was the case the first couple of games and probably doubt he was got the ump a bit but um since he got his spot back he there's no way you can't you're not going to play him there he's, he's he's one of Luton's standout performers all season one of the most improved in the entire squad one of the standout crosses in the league should be England's left back <laughs> yeah another one another one where we've just talked endlessly about what why is he not even being considered for for England I think we all know the answer because teams like Luton probably uh, that's the short answer but um, he, he, yeah he's got to play yeah I've seen a lot of talk on social media and I keep on saying that we shouldn't really respond to it but we always do about how the recruitment team have got Ryan Giles wrong but I think they, they haven't though, have they? Because Ryan Giles was one of them standout performers yeah. in the championship for a very good Middlesbrough side until the wheels fell off after Luton batted him. And um, that it was that that is a good signing. I mean, it's only that Wolves probably didn't want to let him go that they put that much money on his head. You can't blame the player for that. But you know, sometimes things don't work out, and you know, in days gone by, a club record signing would have to work out. It it it's low. It, five million pounds seems like a lot of money is to me. I want that, but <laughs> there's low risk in in the scheme of things where Luton are at the moment. And to, you know, by all accounts, they'll get near enough of that from Hull, um, which shows you probably how well they did to get the player. The fact that it hasn't worked out is a different story. It's not completely irrelevant of the transfer itself. Yeah, I agree. The big thing between the two is when Alfie was pissed off that he weren't playing at the start of the season, when his chance came against Gillingham, he pinged one in the top bins and made himself undroppable. Absolutely. When Ryan Giles has had his chance, he hasn't really grabbed it with both hands and said, look at me, I'm undroppable. Whilst he hasn't done anything drastically wrong, he just hasn't grabbed it by the scruff of the neck like Alfie did. And they're going to get, by all accounts, their money back when you include the loan fee as well so you know we put that one behind us they'll have a replacement in mind I'm sure and um, 
will go again. But yeah, it does look like that means that Alfie will have to be down that left or Amari Bell down that left side if they want to go same back three that they went with at Bolton, Ted and uh, Gabe and Reese Burke. Uh, I would like to see Reese play again. Um, mm-hmm. I do think getting minutes into him is important. Maybe you maybe play him in this game because you might not necessarily need to play him against Brighton. You could you could revert back to the so-called Premier League back three with of Bell um Osho and Mengi in that game. But I think getting as many minutes as we can get into Reese Burke when we can get them into him is is a positive because he's gonna play a massive part. It seems more likely to me than not that particular option, like you say. Um just because of the amount of minutes he's missed in Premier League, to chuck him into a game like that might not be the best one, but to give him this game against Everton to build some confidence and I don't think he lacks confidence, to be fair. We all know Reese Burke. To build some time and minutes and get minutes under his belt, then that is probably the likely option. Uh, and we'd all like to see him back for starters, really, wouldn't we? Yeah, and also Everton are a bit more static, aren't they? They're a bit more sort of play in front of you, whereas Brighton, when you think you've got them in one place, they pop up in another. They move around so much, it's like fantasy football at times. And that... You know, if you're just coming back and you're still making your way back in, you don't really need none of that. You want a player that's in front of you that you can keep an eye on and defend well. So, yeah, I hope Rhys Burke plays in this game. Uh, are you Have you a preference up front? Are you, are you happy to stick with Morris? Uh, didn't score against Bolton, but set the winner up and generally looked all looked pretty good, but obviously did score the all-important massive goal at Burnley. I think he keeps his place for the Cup games for sure. Um, that... that the setup for that Chio goal was fantastic and that will do him the world of good if you're not scoring the goals to be setting up a uh, a chance like that, having the effect that he did at Sheffield United. And it serves confidence as well, doesn't it, to, to be staying in the team. Um, and he knows what it's like to play at Goodison and, and do the business. So, yeah, I think um, certainly for this game, I think there's probably... A, a bigger conversations to had around that position for the Brighton game. And that may be changed by what happens at Goodison park. But for now, I'd, yeah, I'd be comfortable with, with Morris up front. Yeah. He's already scored there as an E as well. I think that's a big thing. Generally, when you've got good memories of any sport, really, even if you only play it to the shitty levels that we play sport to, if you go somewhere where you've <laughs> played it well before, it just feels better, doesn't it? And, and I'm sure that'll be the case for Carlton. If he was lacking in confidence, go back to a place where he's already scored. Nothing like that to boost the confidence. I think we want to see Ross and Sambi in midfield, don't we? But I don't suppose we'll be too mindful of the fact if we saw Jordan Clark, that certainly wouldn't be a bad thing, would it? He's another one in the Reese Burke sort of territory still getting back to full speed after an injury. So this would be a fair game to get him in. You say that, but he looked pretty sharp last time out. And, um, you know, when you add that to everything he has done since his entire time at Luton, and what a fantastic signing he's been. Um, You know, if if it isn't to be Ross and they, they give him a, Give him a break. They can't give him a break in this game, can they? They just can't. It's yeah. like it's a, the whole story of the game. And I know, yeah. I know that uh, Rob's got no right to worry about the stories of the game and things, but the whole story of the game. However, many people are going to this game are going to this game because Ross Barkley's going up against Everton. Yeah, I mean, it is the story. It's the story I want to see. Um, but whether whether they want to play into that narrative is a different matter. I mean, you talk about Gaza 
compar- comparisons. He's not the sort of player that you imagine is going to go up there, play and lose his head and fly into ridiculous challenges and do himself a mischief. Uh, but he'll want to play. He'll want to go up there in the sparkling form he's in to sh- to show his old fans and his hometown, his home club, um, exactly how he's got back to what he was now. I, I don't necessarily think it's what they were missing. What It's not a case of proving to them, look at what you missed out on, because he made the decision to go to Chelsea and that didn't necessarily work out um, in the way that he wanted. But Chelsea is a scrap heap for footballers, isn't it? You, bigger and better players than Ross Barkley have gone there and, and, and fallen by the wayside. It must just be something in the water around that part of West London. But... It, he 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 has come to this club, fitted in, fell at home. Um, the things he says, my conversations with him after games, the things he's putting on Twitter, everything points to the fact that he loves Luton Town um, and is loving his football at the moment. So, of course, he'll want to go there, back home, and show them something. If he's loving football in Luton Town as much as even half as much as I'm loving watching him in a Luton Town shirt then he really does love the game of football that's that is for sure uh, the dynamic of the FA Cup has changed um, James because obviously we've found out this week that the Liverpool game is going to have to be rearranged they've made the cup final don't worry about watching that cup final it'll finish nil-nil they'll have a long penalty shootout one of the <laughs> goalkeepers will miss it it'll be boring we don't need to worry about it but anyway that game's going to get moved now and obviously the fifth round of the FA Cup is the following midweek to win that Liverpool game would have been. So now we're potentially going to have the best part of a week in the lead up to that fifth round game without a game. So all of a sudden it's opening up a little bit, isn't it? To have a decent cup run without having the supposed negative effect that everyone says that a cup run has on a team trying to fight relegation. That is bollocks, by the way, but that's the sort of national sort of storyline to it. You can't avoid relegation if you have a cup run. That's the narrative, isn't it? But there's no games that it's going to really intrude in at the minute. So let's go there and let's try and win the game. And, you know, you win this game, you're two games from Wembley. That's it, isn't it? We've we've been talking about it, how, you know, the Bolton game wasn't necessarily that exciting, it's a game you have to get through and, and do the business. It did at second time of asking and Everton, when we got drawn in that game, it was Everton or Crystal Palace, but both outcomes would have been winnable games. Um, I think at the time I said I probably would have preferred Palace. My, my thinking's changed a bit since then because of all the off field stuff that is happening at Everton that may just be a distraction for them and, you know that that they, Forest as well, but they will be desperate to stay in this league, and maybe they don't want a cup run for for that reason, because staying in this league for a team like Everton, who've always been there, uh, and you know they've flirted for many years around the bottom and always managed to stay afloat, but as we've seen with Southampton last season. That's not always going to be the case. One one time you're going to slip down the plug hole and maybe they don't fancy it for that reason. Um, whereas for Luton, that, that pressure is just not part of Luton. It's, it's not part of this season. The rest of football doesn't understand it. They don't understand this uh, sort of happy-go-lucky 
attitude that we've all got to a, a season and a campaign where we're knocking around the relegation spots, which we all expected. But it's it's um, I think there's there's so much psychology on Luton's favour in that front. Be nice if they don't want a cup run. Cause my God, do we owe these bastards one in the FA Cup? <laughs> I mean, there will be people of the generation above us who, I mean, my old man, one of them, still hasn't forgiven 1985 uh, FA Cup semi-final at Villa Park. Still says to this day it's his worst day in football. Let it go. 40 years, but no. <laughs> um, there's that. And there's a couple of other cup ties that we've lost there as well. So we don't have to owe this lot one in the cup. And I mean, it would be a shame to knock them out of the cup and relegate them in the same season. But hey-ho. <laughs> Well, you've just got to go up there and do the business to make that a possibility. But um, you know, th- 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 there is a different way of looking at it as well, that maybe for their survival hopes, it is best not to be in, in have any other distractions. So, you know, Luton knocking Everton out of the FA Cup might not necessarily have the best effect for Luton, but... I'm not interested in that whatsoever. I'm interested in a cup run and just keeping this feel-good factor going. And I think it can be done. Absolutely, it can, yep. Um, That's pretty much it as far as the preview goes. As always, though, we'll finish with score prediction. Let us know in the comments who you'd like to see playing, who you'd like not, well, who you're happy to see rested. Do you want Ross to start? Do you want him to play against uh, his former club? Or are you happy if he sits this one out in line with... Tuesday night against Brighton in mind and we haven't even discussed Andros Townsend going back there as well uh, he's another one who I'm sure will be wanting to prove something again not with any malice to it but you know it's a former club and they all want to play well against them we'll finish as always as we always do with our score predictions um, there's no Dan to get it right this time thank God so uh, I'll mm-hmm. leave it to you to do that James uh, how does Everton v Luton finish this time around I think it will be another 2-1. Another 2-1 for James. There's one more goal on top of that for me. I think Luton will win this one 3-1. <laughs> and um, you're, you're a confident lad on this one. Well, we win 2-1. We add Ross Barkley to the team. If that's not worth an extra goal, what is worth an extra goal? So, uh, yeah, 3-1 and... Um, perfect confidence booster for the game against Brighton and uh, yeah I'm really quite looking forward to it. when the draw came out I wasn't but now we're getting closer to it got my tickets ticket came through the post uh, this morning it might, awesome. might be the fact that because there's been no football absence make the heart grow fonder but I'm, I'm with you I'm, I'm bang up for this one it is definitely that but I'm always a sucker for the FA Cup apart from when we go to Crawley or Accrington or <laughs> some of these other places that we've been to through the years. That's it for this episode of the podcast. Let us know your score predictions. As always, when we come to review this game uh, next week, uh, and it'll be out very early next week, because obviously we've got the Brighton preview to come as well, we will shout out any correct scores. There was a couple of you that got the Burnley game right, and we shouted you out in that, and well done to you. Give it another crack. See if you can get the right score this time around. If you're right, we'll shout it out. If Everton win and you're right, we won't really give a shit. So um, <laughs> that won't be the case. Um, one more plug for the trust quiz before we finish this podcast uh, is being held on Thursday, the 1st of February at the Eric Morecambe suite at Luton. Uh, there are going to be members of the club backroom staff 
they're in attendance or uh, the board, sorry, should I say they're in attendance. So come and pick your general knowledge against them. See if you can get the kudos of uh, being smarter than them and uh, all the pride that goes with that. It's always a fun night. It's a great night. It's £10 for non-trust members, £5 for trust members, and you can get tickets on the link that's been sent out to members via email or that's on our website and our socials right now. Tickets are going quick, so if you want to be there, uh, make sure you get those quick. It is always a fun night. And we haven't done our annual quiz for three years because of COVID. So uh, we're really looking forward to bringing this one to you. Thanks to everyone for uh, watching or listening to the podcast, however it is that you've consumed it. Please do keep your comments coming. We do read them. We reply to them. We love them. And uh, if you haven't already subscribed, I fully recommend subscribing. However, it is that you get this podcast because once again next week, they're going to come thick and fast at you because of the amount of games and the volume that we're going to be churning them out at. So you don't want to miss one of them. So subscribe and you won't miss anything. Also, subscribe on YouTube. We're that close to a thousand. Hopefully by the time you've watch this we've hit a thousand and uh yeah lots of good things come coming your way once we've hit a thousand subscribers my thanks go to james for joining me to you for watching and listening to the hightown club for staging the podcast to uh sean grant and the wolfgang for our intro music and of course to ed smith creative for all the designs that you see on set until the everton review show which will be out over the weekend there is a deep dive to come as well before that everton game very special guest on that one as well i'll say no more other than that until then enjoy the podcasts and come on you hatters Everyone in it has got this massive soul. We're local people.